episode number 138 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you will get $10 off of your first order. And wanted to start today's episode by talking about the situation that is facing the Rangers and Capo Caco. They really have a decision to make here. Assuming the NHL relaunch goes off as planned, because as a lot of you are probably aware, Capo Caco in 2014 was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and celiac disease. And I'm going to read you a quote. I'm no doctor, so I'm going to read you a quote from the CDC on their website that says, People who have severe underlying medical conditions like heart or lung disease or diabetes seem to be at higher risk for developing more serious complications from COVID-19 illness. And obviously, Kako suffers from diabetes, so it's something to certainly take note of. Here's another quote from John Davidson about the situation. If Kako hypothetically cannot play, he can't play. We're going to take care of him. He's a big part of us. But we listen to the science. We listen to the medical people. They're going to tell us what to do. And then just for one more frame of reference here, we have an article from Shelby Lynn Erdman on CNN Health. And according to a new study done by French researchers, this involved some coronavirus patients in France. Uh, One in 10 coronavirus patients with diabetes died within the first seven days of hospitalization. So that is certainly a sobering fact. And it Really, it makes you think that maybe Kako might be better off uh, sitting this one out. This research that was conducted in France, it took a look at 1,300 coronavirus patients in 53 hospitals in France between March 10th and March 31. And it must be said that the average age of these patients was 70 years old. And all indications so far from what we've seen are that elderly citizens do seem to be at greater risk uh, regarding COVID-19. Now, Kako, obviously, healthy young man, 19 years old, pro athlete, probably has a better chance of making a full recovery than most if he does get coronavirus, God forbid. But you never know because it seems like every case is different. Every case is unique. And to me, it doesn't seem like playing in the Stanley Cup playoffs is a risk worth taking for Capo Caco. Again, 19 years old. He's got his whole career in front of him. He's got his whole life in front of him. And maybe the Rangers really shouldn't even let this decision up to Capo Caco. Because, again, 19 years old, so you know he's going to want to play. You know he's going to want to get out there on the ice and jump into the Stanley Cup playoffs and be there with his teammates. He wants to represent the Rangers. He wants to get a taste of Stanley Cup playoff action, and he wants to win. So... It is possible that Kako, you know, against his better judgment, might choose to play in the postseason if you leave it all up to him. So maybe what you do if you're the Rangers, you take this decision out of his hands. And, you know, additionally, let me just say, no Ranger fans, nobody, no teammates, nobody in the organization, nobody in New York City, nobody, nobody at all should fault Capo Caco or be mad at Capo Caco or be upset or be disappointed if he chooses not to play in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And... 
any any reasonable person would not be any of those things. They would not be mad or upset at Capo Caco. But you know there'd be people on social media. They'd have to voice their two cents. They'd have to call out Caco for not playing the postseason. Oh, your team needs you. You know, you got to play. No, he doesn't have to play. Again, 19 years old, got his whole life, got his whole career in front of him. I don't see why he should risk all of that, literally everything, to play in the Stanley Cup playoffs this season. I, I just don't think the risk is worth the reward. Uh, so if you're the Rangers, take the decision out of his hands and say, you know what, you're at much higher risk than anyone else. We are not comfortable with you putting your health and your safety on the line. Stay home. We will see you next season. We look forward to it. And it's just as simple as that. And that's not to say that Kako should not have any say in the matter. He should get to weigh in at least a little bit. I mean, after all, he would be the one taking the risk. He's the one who's lived with diabetes his whole life. He knows how much it affects him or how much it does not affect him. But I just worry about that hockey player's mentality. You know what I mean? Typically, it's awesome because you see these guys out there. They're playing in a hockey game. They take a puck to the face. They get stitched up, and they don't even miss a shift. Put me in, coach. I'm fine. I'm good to go. But in this case, with Kako, it could be a little bit dangerous because Kako, he might go to the Rangers, and I don't know this for sure, but he could go to the Rangers and say something like, you know what? I've lived with this my whole life. It's never stopped me before. It's not going to stop me now. And sometimes, you know, you just got to save these guys from themselves because, again, it's just that hockey player mentality that, yeah, I could play through this. It's not a problem. Let's go. Let's go. And, you know, Capo Caco, one of the things we've talked about on the ice with Caco this season has been his hesitancy to shoot the puck. He seems to really have a pass-first mentality. And I think part of the reason for that, he was 18 when the season started, right? He's turned 19 during the season. So he's obviously uh, a young player. He was taken number two overall in the in the draft. I think maybe part of the reason, and I don't know this for sure, it's just speculation, but part of the reason why he always looks to pass rather than shoot, or at least usually looks to pass rather than shoot, is he's trying to kind of win himself over in that locker room. And look, all indications are that the Rangers like Kako. I mean, Kako seems to have fit in seamlessly, uh, you know, Brendan Lemieux seems to really like him. He's kind of taken a shine to him. And he seems to be, you know, a popular player in that locker room. All reports suggest that. But I still think when you're young and you're the new guy in the locker room and there's guys in there who are 10 years older than you and, and 13 years older than you and 17 years older than you. I mean, Henrik Lundqvist is about 20 years older than Capo Caco. It's crazy. But there is a tendency to kind of want to win them over. And how do you do that? Well, you don't shoot as often. You try to pass and you try to put it on a tee for one of your teammates and let them score the goal. And he does that. And I just think it's different here, obviously. It's a different situation. This involves Caco's life more than just, you know, his cachet in the Rangers locker room. But nevertheless, it's still a situation where Caco's going to be looking to win over his teammates. Like, oh, man, it's not a problem. You know, I I've had diet diabetes forever. I'm going to be out there on the ice with you guys. I'm going to be ready to rock. I'm going to be ready to make a run in these Stanley Cup playoffs. He might have that mentality and it might come from a from a place where he's again just still trying to kind of win over his teammates and, and just, you know, just be there. Just be a good teammate in general. Maybe he's already won them over. Maybe everybody's cool with Capo Caco, but maybe it's one of those things where he still feels like he owes it to these guys. Number two overall pick in the draft. Big things are expected of him. Maybe he feels that it wouldn't be a good look to to just to sit this one out, to sit out the Stanley Cup playoffs. I don't know, but to me, something like that certainly seems possible. And again, sometimes you got to save these guys from themselves. you got to put your foot down and say, listen, you're not going to play through this, okay? Sometimes it really is just that simple. Now, from a hockey perspective, it would hurt the Rangers a little bit to not have Capo Caco out there. And, you know, you might hear that and think like, oh, well, you know, Caco, you know, he didn't exactly set the world on fire the way that a lot of us thought that he might this season, you know, going number two overall in the draft. He skated in 66 games with the Rangers, 10 goals, 13 assists, a minus 26 uh, plus minus rating. 
And, you know, you're right. You know, at this point, I thought that maybe Kaka would have a few more points than he does have. But you got to keep in mind, he basically been playing hockey nonstop for a year and a half. That's something we've talked about in the past. But with the Rangers, it's a situation where they're kind of a top-heavy team. You know, you've got the superstars like Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin. And then you've got really good players, you know, guys like Chris Kreider. Ryan Strom's had a heck of a season. Then you look a little bit further down the depth chart, and you do realize that beyond, you know, the top four, maybe top five forwards on the Rangers, uh, there aren't really that many, you know, tremendous scoring threats. And Capo Caco, you know, even though maybe he hasn't given Ranger fans everything that they thought they were going to get from him this season, as far as points are concerned, he's certainly still a threat. He certainly still has that pedigree. And I thought that, you know, when this break happened, look, obviously it's a terrible thing that has happened, but the facts are the facts. The players are off for several months. I thought the player that was going to benefit the most from that was Capo Kako because he's finally got some time to rest. He can come back with fresh legs and, and just, you know, basically start all over again. And maybe he takes off a little bit in the playoffs. But if the Rangers have to be without Kako, then they have to be without Kako. And yes, the lack of depth on the Rangers does hurt, and losing Kako would make that hurt even more. But you know what? Too bad. Next man up, you're just going to have to figure out a way to get it done without Capo Kako if it is deemed that it is unsafe for him to play in this postseason uh, with a pandemic going on in this country. And look, there is still some time. You know, right now it's the very start of June. The postseason will not begin until the beginning of July at the earliest. There is nothing set in stone there. So it is possible that the coronavirus dissipates a little bit by then. Maybe there's uh, a brighter outlook as far as Kako playing in these games is concerned. Who knows? Maybe a cure is found by then. It, it's possible. Uh, so Kako's situation could be different in a month or six weeks from now than it is at this moment. Maybe you even give him a spot on the team's playoff roster just in case, because that way, you know, maybe at the beginning of the playoffs, it's deemed unsafe for Kako to play, and then maybe the Rangers go on some crazy playoff run. I mean, who knows? And then maybe at a certain point, uh, the coronavirus becomes a thing of the past, and then perhaps you can activate Kako and bring him back in one of the later rounds. I don't know. You know, it's very, very touch and go here, and they do have some time to figure it out, but the Rangers and Kako, I really think they need to err on the side of caution here, and we'll put it this way. If the Stanley Cup playoffs started right now, right here today, then no, I don't think Kako should be playing. Uh, I understand they're going to take every precaution that they can, but there's no way he's clearly at greater risk. And again, I am not a doctor, but everything that I've read says that people with diabetes and other pre-existing conditions are at greater risk in the event that they are diagnosed with the coronavirus. And it just simply isn't worth him risking his health and potentially even risking his life to play hockey with the Rangers this season. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. In sticking with the Locked On theme of the week, the time machine theme, we are going to be looking back 
at 1995 for the New York Rangers. Now, I have a decision to make here again, like I always do with this, because the NHL season uh, starts in one year and it goes to the next year. So I could either look at 1994-1995 or I could look at 1995-1996. Again, these are the two years after the Rangers won the Stanley Cup. In 94-95, it was a weird season for the Rangers, uh, first of all, because of the lockout. So you have a 48-game regular season, so that's bizarre to begin with. But this is also the year that Colin Campbell, you know, became the head coach. Mike Keenan and the Rangers had a messy divorce after uh, the Rangers won the Stanley Cup, which, again, it just sounds so weird to say that, you know, you couldn't find some kind of middle ground after a coach comes in and wins the Stanley Cup, uh, his first and what turned out to be his only season with the team. It really is bizarre, but... Yeah, it is what it is. Keenan was gone. Colin Campbell took over uh, the Rangers that year. And maybe, you know, the shortened season has something to do with this. Maybe they never really found their footing, put their best foot forward this season. But they finished eighth, and they barely got into the playoffs that season. They did great in the first round. They beat the Quebec Nordiques, the Quebec Nordiques' last season of existence, uh, four games to two. So they advanced to round two, but then they lose to the Philadelphia Flyers. In fact, they were swept by the Flyers. So that was that. There would be no repeat for the Rangers that year. I think what I'm going to do, though, is hone in on the 1995-1996 season instead. Uh, the Rangers this year, uh, a little bit better. You know, they finished third in the Eastern Conference. The Flyers were the top seed. The Penguins were right behind them, and the Rangers were number three. And as the three seed, that set up a uh, first-round playoff matchup with the Montreal Canadiens. The Rangers lost each of the first two games of this series, both games being played in Madison Square Garden. You know, you fall behind 2-0 in a best-of-seven, especially after losing the first two games at home. It's not over. We've seen teams come back from that, including the Rangers here. Uh, but you are starting to dig a hole a little bit there. And, uh, you know, it was definitely looking... Uh, kind of shaky for the Rangers at that time, but they lost game one, three to two in overtime. Vincent Damfus getting the overtime winner, 5-0-4 into the overtime period, and then the Rangers also lose in game two by a score of five to three. They bounce back, they go to Montreal for game three, and they get a pair of goals from Adam Graves, both on the power play and just two minutes and 20 seconds apart in the first period. Uh, the Rangers took a 2-0 lead. Mark Recchi scored for the Canadians late in the first period to make it 2-1. But that was it. No more goals scored the rest of the way. And the Rangers win that game 2-1 to get back into the series. Then in Game 4, the Rangers, again in Montreal, claim another road victory. And the Rangers take a 4-1 lead. Goals by Marc Messier, Shane Churla, and another two by Adam Graves. That makes the score 4-1 going into the third period. The Canadians get back into it. Goals by Saku Koivu and Pierre Turgeon. But the Rangers hang on for the 4-3 victory. And then in Game 5, the Rangers win 3-2. The game-winning goal scored by Alexei Kovalov. He scored 3-0-3 into the third period. And then they close out the Canadians in Game 6 in Montreal. And they win that one by a score of 5-3. Ranger goals being scored by Pep Verbeek, Adam Graves, Alexei Kovalov, Yeri Curry, and Doug Lidster. So the Rangers hang on for the win there. Mike Richter still the Rangers goalie at this point. Uh, again, he was one of the... Last couple of Rangers standing, it was him and Brian Leach were the last two that lasted the longest with the Rangers after the Stanley Cup winning team. But then it was on to round two against the Pittsburgh Penguins, and this did not go the Rangers' way at all. The Rangers dropped game one in Pittsburgh by a score of 4-3. to three. The game-winning goal scored by Mario Lemieux. They bounce back. They do win game two in Pittsburgh 6-3. to three. Goals for the Rangers by Luke Robitaille, Bill Berg, Alexei Kovalov, Mark Messier, Pat Verbeek, and Yari Curry. 
So that was the only win that the Rangers would get in this series. They go back to the Garden for games three and four. They lose each of those by scores of three to two and four to one, respectively. Uh, Mario Lemieux just, you know, he was what he was. He was just a fantastic hockey player. And in game three, he scores twice against the Rangers and the Penguins win that game by a score of three to two. And then in game four, uh, the Rangers fall to the Penguins four to one. Another goal by Yaramir Yager. He was on the Penguins at the time. That gave him seven for the playoffs. Mario Lemieux also scored. That gave him seven as well. And then game five in Pittsburgh was basically just a bloodbath. The Rangers lost the game seven to three. And the Stars were certainly out for the Penguins that night. Mario Lemieux and Yaramir Yager both get hat tricks for the Penguins, and that was it. So a disappointing season for the Rangers. Uh, they ran into a fantastic team led by, obviously, their two superstars in Pittsburgh. But, yeah, you know, the Rangers, you know, you got a chance there. It, it's it's You're looking for your second Stanley Cup in three seasons, but for the second straight season, you go down in the second round, and in this case, uh, falling in decisive fashion to the Pittsburgh Penguins, who basically just took it to the Rangers, particularly in games four and five. And uh, that was that, you know, the Rangers lost and certainly there would be no dynasty. As far as the season as a whole, this was not a disastrous season by any stretch of the imagination for the Rangers. It's just that when you've won the Stanley Cup just two years ago, you're still kind of in championship or bust mode. And this obviously was a bust because the Rangers, again, for the second straight year, uh, being eliminated in the second round of the playoffs. But they put up a record 41 27 and 14, and that 14, it actually means ties. It does not mean overtime losses because that was back when ties were still a thing. And that was good for 96 points, third place overall in the Eastern Conference. It's just that, you know, you're chasing another championship at that point. And, uh, you know, if you don't get there, the season's going to be a disappointment. It really is just that simple. And that's especially true when you have most of your championship team still intact, as the Rangers did. Mark Messier is still there, still the captain, still leading the charge for the Rangers in 74 games. He put up 47 goals and 52 assists for a team-high 99 points. Brian Leach still firing on all cylinders, still playing at the absolute top of his game. Uh, played all 82 regular season games, 15 goals and 70 assists, just an assist machine. Pat Verbeek could join the team. Uh, 41 goals, 41 assists in just 69 games. And uh, Luke Robitaille, a new Ranger as well. 23 goals, 46 assists. Alexi Kovalov, 24 goals, 34 assists. Adam Graves, 22 goals, 36 assists. And yeah, I mean, you know, you, you look up and down this lineup and there are guys from the Stanley Cup winning team that were still there. Sergei Mchinov was still on the team. Uh, Alex Karpatsev was still on the team. Doug Lidster was still on the team. Jeff Bukaboom was still there. Uh, even Nick Kiprio, Stefan Matteau, Kevin Lowe. So there's a lot of guys here. You know, you look up and down this roster, obviously Mike Richter. The expectation was to compete for and win another championship. You fall a little bit short, it's always going to be a little bit of a disappointment. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know 
we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. One last thing that we definitely got to talk about here today before we wrap up is Henrik Lundqvist uh, recently did an interview with Johan Relander of GP Sporten. And in the interview, you know, he basically just talks about his future, what's to come with the Rangers, uh, the upcoming playoffs, what could happen to him after this season is over, if he would be willing to compete elsewhere. And uh, going to break that down right here, right now. Anthony Skoltor of ForeverBlueShirts.com was able to reach out to Relander and get this interview translated. So that's how we have, uh, you know, these latest sound bites from Henrik Lundqvist here. He was asked by Relander if, if he was surprised that the Rangers made him the third keeper. And Lundqvist responded by saying, what am I supposed to say about that? I had a picture of how the season would develop, what I had in mind. When things turned out the way they did, I was surprised. But at the same time, part of me understands the situation. And Lundqvist then went on to explain the Rangers' rebuild, and he said, I'm not blind. They're thinking ahead. There are many pieces that go into building a team right now, but also for the future. You're going to have to widen the view a little. But it wasn't like I projected my own plan for sure. Relander then followed up very bluntly. He asked Lundqvist a bleeping disappointment then. And he didn't say bleeping. He said the actual word, but I, I figure I'll spare you guys today. But Lundqvist responded by saying, Obviously, it is disappointing to not play as much as you want. That's where the disappointment is. It's more not on the Rangers, but more that it became as it became. And if I had not been disappointed, then I saw myself short. I want to play to deliver at a high level. If I don't, I will be disappointed. Lundqvist went on to say, I have to fight if I want to go back and have that place in the net. And look, I like what I'm hearing here because, you know, Lundqvist, he's not giving up. He's not just shrugging his shoulders and accepting his fate as basically the Rangers' number three goalie. Uh, he wants to compete. He still wants to play in the NHL, and he wants to get a crack at starting the postseason for the Rangers. And I would expect nothing less from really anyone, but certainly I would expect nothing less from a shoe-in Hall of Fame goalie and a very proud goalie and a guy who's been the best player on this team for the Rangers for a lot of years. I mean, not so much this year. This was a tough season for Henrik Lundqvist. There's no two ways about it. But it's great to hear that that competitive fire is still there, that he still wants to get back out there, and that his goal, it sounds like, is to open the postseason as a starting goalie for the Rangers. Uh, I'm not so sure that's going to happen. That's a topic we're going to save maybe even just for the next episode, but we're going to take another look at this three-headed monster in net for the Rangers and see what they might do with Lundqvist, with Shesterkin, and with Georgiev. Based on the way that Shesterkin has played for the Rangers, I would imagine he has to have the inside track to be the starting goalie in the postseason. I can't say that for sure, but just the fact that A, he gives you the best chance to win, and B, I think the Rangers would like to have Igor Shesterkin uh, get some playoff experience under his belt because it certainly looks like he's going to be the man going forward for the Rangers. But I think you'd be selling Lundqvist and even Georgiev short a little bit if you didn't at least consider them as options. So like I said, that's something we're going to dive into in much greater detail uh, probably in the next episode, but certainly uh, forthcoming here. But getting back to this interview here, Lundqvist was also asked about the rumors of a potential buyout, and Lundqvist said, It's not in my mind right now. The focus is training and this summer. Now we go for it right here. I can sense that I have it in me to go another few years over there in the NHL. I'm sure about it. So it sounds to me like if the Rangers do opt to buy out Lundqvist, and I'm not so sure they will, because I, I, he only has one year left in his contract, I think maybe you keep him around as the backup 
And again, Georgiev, you know, it's a situation where he's a restricted free agent. I think another team might be willing to pay Georgiev more than the Rangers are typically uh, willing to offer their backup goalie. So I think that maybe opens the door for Lundqvist to stick around next season if Georgiev goes somewhere else. But again, we, we will get into all that in a future episode. Uh, but it sounds like, you know, even if the Rangers do buy out Lundqvist, he wants to keep playing in the NHL. And I would have to imagine uh, somebody would probably scoop him up as a backup. If nothing else, I think he'd probably value uh, his leadership and, um, you know, just a great team guy overall, good guy to have in the locker room, especially if you have a young team. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens there. And then he was asked about, you know, the eventual end of his career because nobody can play forever. And Lundqvist said, it's clear that I'm thinking about how much I love hockey and how long I think I can continue or even want to continue. I also realized that I can't look that far ahead. Now we are ready to run this summer and this season. I also know that in November and December last year, when I was at my best, I played as well as I did several years before. It was incredibly fun. If I can find a situation where I play and deliver like that, why not continue? And yeah, he's absolutely right. And for all the struggles that he's had this season, you know, we have mentioned this. There are stretches. There are those brief glimpses of great goaltender play from Henrik Lundqvist. That just hasn't been the norm. It hasn't been brilliant goaltending night after night after night like it was, you know, five or ten years ago. That's the issue. It's just it's too inconsistent now. But there are times this season, ask the Hurricanes about this, where Lundqvist has been great, and uh, he has had some great performances, so we'll see. Everything is pretty much up in the air. It sounds like Lundqvist is going to weigh all of his options, but he's ready to go, man, and, and you know, the Rangers, there will be something of a, a competition to be the starting goalie. Again, I think it has to be Shesterkin. I think he has to have the inside track here, but I think you certainly, uh, you wouldn't be doing yourself any favors, you wouldn't be doing justice for all three goaltenders if you didn't at least give them a chance when training camp opens back up to at least stick their claim to the starting role. But in my mind, it's got to be Igor Shesterkin's job to lose at this point based on what he did in the regular season for the Rangers. But that's going to wrap everything up for today, guys. Uh, like I said, we will talk more about the goaltending situation in the near future. We will also break down the other two Rangers-Hurricanes games uh, from the regular season. Both Ranger wins. Of course, the Rangers going 4-0 against the Canes this season. But yeah, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.